Danny's going to do Sunday night, and Nolan's going to do Wednesday night, and then Danny will probably do uh, the next week, and Richard will do that Sunday night. I'll give you guys itinerary. But this Sunday, uh, my friend Bill uh, Garrett's going to be with us, and uh, he has outdoor Christian ministry, and uh, he's going to come. He's going to share. He's an exciting preacher and a great friend of mine, so he'll be here this Sunday. So you you guys will have a great message in store for you guys this Sunday. Also, he is taking uh, kids uh, who don't have dads and or their dad don't go to church. They're having a big fishing deal at, at a big place, and and uh, maybe Gospel Lakes Ranch or somewhere, but uh, he's going to be talking about that. So I, I know if you want to sign up to help, he'll, he would love that help. He's going to need some men that know how to fish and, uh, and don't mind helping. Amen. We were going to have a believers meeting tonight after church, but we're just going to wait till next Wednesday and try to get more believers here. I'm not going to preach very long so I can get us home before we have to get the boats out tonight. Amen. <laughs> so praise the Lord. Uh, let's take some prayer requests real quick. John. Amen. Claiming that. Danny? Janae and Sean? Nicole? What's your name? Elizabeth what? Elizabeth what? Okay. So Nicole will call on you again. And just see if you need that prayer request. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Miss Penny. Uh, keep Kenny Beavers in your prayer. He had some surgery today. John. John's daughter, Amanda. Beverly. Rachel, cancer free. Amen. God is good. Mary. Donna, family of Barbara Jones, traveling mercies in favor for Dalton this week, Vicki G's not feeling well today, her mom either, Earl and Betty and Lita, EBL, that's how I wrote it down, Earl, Betty and Lita, amen, Fred, Dave. Amen. Y'all remember Miss Linda on Friday? James. Jimmy. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Prayer request, Holly girl. Garrett will be home this weekend. Miss Biggs. 
Yes. Amen. What's your mom's last name? Miss Hughes. She told me she's having four teeth removed tomorrow, so be in prayer. Mark? Amen. Hallelujah. Sherry? Amen. What was your friend's name, Mark? Uh, Larry Bell. Larry. Anyone else? Don't want to miss anybody. Everybody's good? Amen. Stand with me tonight as we pray. I also want to tell you what me and the elders were talking about this week and Brother Danny. If anybody comes up and asks you for money or for uh, uh, if they got a need like lights or water or rent or car, uh, make sure that you come to me or Danny. We have a team set up in place to do that. We're not telling you not to do what God tells you to do, but a lot of times we want to make sure that you know that situation that either the church has helped before or that person could be struggling with drugs or alcohol. Uh, so me and Danny talked this week. It'd be great if you shared with us those people that were coming to you so that they weren't, uh, they weren't uh, taking advantage of you, per se. So just want to make sure we help people. We always help people. So, But we just want to let them know that you cannot come to the church and just ask everybody for money because we're not a bank. Amen? Amen? Amen. We're not a bank. We're a church. We're a hospital for the sinners. Amen? So, so make sure if, you, if you're approached, uh, the first line for that is Danny and Allie, and then Danny and Allie have a team around them that will help them make those decisions. So, uh, and, then, and then if you still want to give at that time, you can give to Danny and Allie, and they can make sure it gets in the right hand. We're not dictating to you what you do, but we just think it's a better way to do it. Amen? Also, our Get Connected first class is over. Amen? Those people will be joining our church. And they're going to be going on to a ministry. They're going to be going on to a ministry. So make way for those coming out of that class to get on a ministry with you. And let's help build this church back up. Amen. Also, guys, I want to share with you that the phone is ringing from the television show, from the live stream. A lot of people are contacting us. And I got publicly recognized yesterday. It was kind of funny. I wound up buying their dinner, but I don't know about that, but I walked into a restaurant, and they're like, we've seen you on TV, and uh, man, we got to talking and sharing, and uh, I felt led to buy their lunch, but it was just wonderful uh, to know that that is getting out. Uh, a fruits of our labor, it, it costs a bunch of money to do that every week, so the fruits of our labor are getting out. We're reaching beyond. Uh, I also need a prayer request because I've been asked to go to El Salvador. And uh, at August, and uh, I really feel like this may be what God wants, but I, El Salvador has the highest crime rate in the world. Oh, they have 6 million population, and 70% of the population are gangs. And every hour, someone dies in El Salvador. And I've been asked to go and teach a vacation Bible school. So I'm praying about this and praying and making sure it's not something that, that is not of God because I need his protection if I go. The man that asked me to go told me that he had never been so scared in all of his life. And he had been in some terrible situations. But he's going to come and talk about that in a couple of weeks also, about that trip that's planned for El Salvador, whether I go or not. We might want to sow into that. They, uh, they built a church there. Uh, 
and now they need another church for women. I guess men and women can't go to the same church there, so they're going to have to have another church for women. And at that time, they're building that, and they'd like me to teach vacation Bible school. I already had a vision of taking ropes over there and, and maybe, you know, teaching something, but I want to make sure it's of God, and I want to make sure I come back. Uh, but, I, you know, so... Uh, I watched several videos today that are really scary on El Salvador, so let's pray for that church down there. Also, I got a, a pastor friend, Pastor Joey Jacob, has reached out to us. He's from Pakistan. Has anybody ever got him on Facebook yet, Pastor Joey? Uh, just a wonderful person, loves God, good guy. We were going to send a 50-pound box over there. I had Lita and Vicky and Mary and Mary Wise, everybody pouring school supplies, pens, pencils, books, anything we don't use. I got a big box right in the way of the count room. Whoever's counting tonight is right in the way uh, in there. But we found out it cost $850 to ship the box over there. So, so instead of shipping the box over there, I'm going to ship up a love offering over there tonight. Uh, I, I told them to do some things to receive this love offering. Uh, it costs 70 cents a day for kids to go to school over there. So if God lays on your heart tonight to pay for a day or two of these kids getting to go to his school, their orphanage, then we want you to sow into that tonight. So as Mary's going to come sing, tonight's offering will go to Pastor Joey. And uh, where is it, Lita? Karakan, India. Yeah. So I had Lita, I had Lita uh, check a price to send that box, and we're like, oh, Lord, we can't send that box. That's a lot of money, but maybe we can send a little love offering tonight. Amen. God lays it on your heart. Uh, I asked them to do some things. To, I'm never going to give away God's money to the wrong people. If I know, if I'm doing my best, you know, I can't control every situation, but I asked them to do some things. To make sure that I'm not buying into pictures or buying into some story. So if these things are done, then I'll send the love offering that we take up tonight. Yes, ma'am. And I, I started claiming years ago that we were an international outreach ministry. Anybody ever heard me say that? I've been saying it for years. But I believe that our mission field is in our own backyard. I do. I believe we sow into the community, sow into the surrounding communities. But sometimes God just wants us to sow worldwide, especially in the lives of kids. Amen. And, and, and my favorite song, if you were at my ordination service years ago, my favorite song is Thank You for Giving to the Lord. It talks about those people that walk up and shake your hand and, and say, thank you for giving. Because of you, I'm in heaven. Because of your mission money. Because you helped put that school supplies. So praise God for that tonight. Let's pray. And Miss Mary's going to come sing a song for you guys. And we're going to jump right into this real quick. Lord, we thank you tonight, Father. We come before you, Lord. Open up our eyes, Lord, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that you would just... Stretch our faith tonight, that you would just stretch us like we've never been stretched before, Lord. Father, give me eyes to see those in need around us. Give us all eyes to see those who are hurting in these days when floodwaters rising and, 
and devastations upon us. Help us to see those in need that may need a, a blanket or a jacket or a pair of shoes, Lord. Father, fill me with your power and strength. Father, fill us all with your power and strength tonight that we may hear from you on where to send our money, what we do. Father, I pray for those on the list tonight. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just uh, Lord, that you would just use us, Father, to be an international outreach starting right here in this church and branching out in this community and further than we could ever imagine, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I may see people the way you see them. Lord, I pray for those on the list tonight. I thank you, Father, that my wife and I have been married for years and years now. And, and Lord, thank you for the many years that we have that are coming. Lord, bring Garrett home to us safe as we're traveling this holiday season, doing our fun and, and, and activities around here. Lord, just put a hedge of protection around us, Lord. Make a way where there seems to be no way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray tonight. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Even in these times, right now, I know there are a lot of flood victims. Even though it stopped raining, we got back to normal, but the rivers are, you know, rising and the homes are still flooding in places we never imagined. We still have to trust God. Now it keeps raining, but we got to thank Him anyway, Lord. We have to, we really have to trust Him in these times. Don't give up on Him. He won't give up on us. Step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore you, hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, Glorious in heaven above Humbly you came to the earth you created All for love's sake became poor I am to worship, here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're my together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me, and I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross, I'll never know how much it to see my sin 
Bibles, if you will, to Luke 7. Luke chapter 7. Should have brought them readers, I guess. 38. 36, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Got my Bible? Uh, I'm going to be spending some time on this. Uh, uh, some, uh, so I really want to give this some Sunday morning attention. Uh, I've been studying this for 24 hours now. And uh, I want to give it some Sunday morning attention, but I'm going to be gone for a couple of Sunday mornings. So uh, in saying that, we're going to start it tonight, but I'm going to drive it home on a Sunday morning where the whole church may be able to realize that God wants us to see others the way that He sees them. How many believe that tonight? The Bible says that God wants us to see our loved ones, our friends, our families, our enemies, those who persecute us. He wants us to see them the way that He sees them. Boy, it's hard to look past somebody's sinful nature, ain't it? It's hard to look past that guy at the store that uses God's name in vain every five minutes. I was standing at the Flying J. I had to go get some of that death for my truck. I do not like death on those Ford trucks, but I have to get it about every three or four fill-ups. And so I went in, and there was this big old burly truck driver. And he looked, you know, a truck driver... JB, I get you to stand up again. You could pass for a truck driver, brother. I ain't kidding. This, this guy had a flannel shirt on, though. And he had a big old beard. And I love you. I'm going to keep picking on you. And, uh, but he, was, he I mean, had suspenders on. I mean, big old boots on. And every other word that come out of his mouth was the Lord's name in vain. And I was thinking to myself, would you just shut your mouth? It's not God's fault for this, and it's not God's fault for that. It's your fault because you're living in sin. He couldn't get his card to swipe, couldn't get things to go his way. Ain't it funny how when we don't get things going our way, our sinful nature always tries to rear its ugly head. So he was using God's name in vain, using God's name in vain. Come to the point where I was like, Lord, if you want, I will slap him. 
And then I thought I had like an ADD moment. I thought about grabbing them suspenders and running <laughs> and just letting them go and see if I could get away from him, you know. But then the Lord just gave something to me to pray for him. I was like, Lord, I'd rather do the suspender thing. <laughs> That's more fun. It's not fun to pray for our enemies, to pray for people who are acting sinful. But the Lord sees us as his children. He sees all of us as his children. He didn't die and pick and choose, and you and I can't pick and choose who we pray for, who we love. He says there's two commandments that you must do is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And when they're sinning, it's tough. <clears throat> when they're complaining about God, it's tough. When they're cheating people and lying, it's tough. It's tough. I'm not going to stand up here and say it ain't tough, but it can be done. The suspenders thing could have been done, but I might have went to jail. As I began to pray for him, I realized that he was parked in the truck next to me. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do now? He said, I want you to give him one of your CDs. Man, I had to get in my truck. I had to dig through all my stuff. I only had one CD in my truck of a sermon that I preached. I don't even know what was on that CD. I just know my picture was on the front of it. It said, check out Caney Creek Cowboy Church. I said, sir. He said, yeah. I said, I noticed you in the store. For some reason, God wants me to give you this CD. It's, it's me preaching. It's probably the worst thing you ever heard, but I just want to give it to you and tell you that God loves you. He said, man, I appreciate that, man. It's been a long time since I heard a good message. I'm a Christian. Oh, my goodness. Maybe he's a Christian that lost his way. Maybe he's a Christian that's lost all hope. You know what hope means? You know why we have hope? And you know what hope means? Helping other people every day. Hope. Helping other people every day. That's what we're supposed to do. But you and I, we do it like this. And this is the only way I can rationalize in my mind how we do it, Mary. We categorize people. You know how, anybody got a food pantry in their house? Does everybody like us Put the peas here, the green beans here, the corn here, the macaroni and cheese here. The spaghetti noodles don't go with the mac and cheese noodles because you don't use them all the time. We eat a lot of mac and cheese at my house. She eats sauerkraut. If I shop that week, I shove the sauerkraut to the very back. I don't eat no sauerkraut. She's German, though. She eats that nasty stuff. Every time we go to Waco, she's like, can you stop and get me a kolache? I want the ones with sauerkraut in them. I said, can you ride in the back of the truck because I want to smell your breath and stuff. <laughs> but that ain't what we do. Danny, is that what we do? We categorize people. We put the drug addicts over here. We put the crazies over here. We put the liars over here. We put the murderers over here. We put the child molesters over here. And all these sins are big sins. 
But in God's eyes, He don't categorize sin. He calls sin, sin. I wish somebody would get that. And I'm fixing to read this to you where it ought to open up your eyes for the rest of your life that you may never, ever walk by another person and not hope to see them the way that Christ sees them. I was standing in a youth building back home in my home church. I'd been saved about six weeks. And the kids were going over there for something, and we went over there. And I had got a glass of tea. They, they fed the kids over there at the church, and I'd got a glass of tea. And uh, they didn't have sugar in it. They had sweet and low. So I, I took some sweet and low, and I poured it in my tea, and I grabbed a straw, and I was sitting there, and I, and, and I, and I leaned up against a little bar in there like this, and I started stirring up my drink. And my partner thought it would be funny to tell the whole church that, look at that fool, he thinks he's at the bar. That's what I look like. That's how I used to be. That's everything I was, was a bar cowboy. Drink, drunk, fight, do all those things. Man, I got embarrassed. I, I, I wouldn't tell my friend because I know he was just joking. But I was humiliated. I, I, I talked to him today. I, I said, you're not going to believe what I wrote in my message. He said, what? He said, that time you told me, look at that fool, he thinks he's in a bar. They got a big kick out of it, but I was humiliated. Thank God I didn't leave that church that day because somebody passed judgment on me. Thank God that you're still walking with God today even though others will pass judgment on you. Can I share with you something tonight that you may have an epitaphy? epitaphy what is that word? There you go. Spell it, Holly. I don't know how to spell it. You may have an epiphany. I know, and uh, that you may have an epiphany <laughs> that we come in shapes, some smaller than others, some a little bigger than others. We come different looks. This one has blue eyes, and this one has green eyes. This one has red hair, and this one has blonde hair. We come in different heights. This one's six foot three, and this one here is barely four foot two. You know what else? We come from different sides of the tracks. This one was born with a silver spoon, and this one barely gets enough to eat. We come from different backgrounds. We don't look the same. There's no people. And somebody might say, well, you got a twin. I was on a cruise, and I saw your twin. No, there's no twin. There's no real twin, even the identical twin. There's something feature on their body that makes them completely different. I had went to school with some identical twin black girls. They were great at basketball. They were the same height. They were the same built. They were the same look. They had the same characteristics. They, I mean, you could not tell them apart except for one had a big mole on her hand. That's the only way I knew that that was Stephanie and the other one's name was Irene. Irene didn't have a mole. And I'll tell you, I never looked at their face to see who I was talking to. I always looked at their hand to see who I was talking to. That tells me right then and there, Harry, there's no two people identical. And we all sin. 
There's not a great sin or or, 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 or or big old sin. We have learned to categorize sin. But if you open your Bible and you really want to call yourself a theologian, you'll learn that they lusted, they murdered, they cheated, they betrayed. Judas betrayed. Remember when Judas betrayed? I'm teaching you something tonight. Remember when Judas betrayed Jesus? Jesus said, do what you must do. He still loved him. I believe he died in his sin. People ask me all the time, think Judas went to heaven? No. Do I think a lot of people are not going to go to heaven? Yes. Do I think that few will go to heaven? Yes. The Bible says narrow is what? The way. So if you can grab this tonight, you'll be able to help others get to heaven. If this goes over the top of your head, and this is why I want to spend some time on it, guys. I want to teach you guys so that when you're teaching and I'm not here, you'll be able to teach it to others. If I spend some time with this, you'll be able to teach it in your school, in your work, wherever God is calling you. Dave, if we get another ranch hand, you'll be able to teach this to them. This is so profound, this word. And, and I want to get to it, I guess. Uh, man. One of the Pharisees, verse 36, 7, verse 36. One, listen how he lowered the deal so you can hear me. I love it when he does that. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal. So Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down to eat. A certain immoral woman heard he was there and thought and, and brought a beautiful jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet. She wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees, who was the host, saw what was happening and those and who the women was, he said to himself, This proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God really sent him, he would know what kind of woman was touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his, answered his thought. Simon, he said to the Pharisees, I have something to say to you. Listen, let me get this in your mind. Here's this woman. She's a sinner. Jesus has been invited to Simon's house. Simon was a Pharisee. Guess what? Pharisees travel in packs. Woo! I just gave y'all something. You'll never see someone who's not a Christian stand up for themselves. Most Christians can go up and have a conversation, talk it out, walk it out, take two if you got to, but Pharisees, traveling packs. Uh, you'll see a lot of Pharisees in the churches today. They don't get what they want, so they go get this group, and they get this group, and they try to travel in packs, and they try to out somebody for their sin or for something they didn't agree with. I, I'm preaching. I, I want to I share this on a Sunday because I, I think God has really swallowed me up in this. So anyway, the Pharisees have invited Jesus to the house, and Simon is his name. It's his house. Simon has his friends over. For all the other Pharisees are there. And this woman walks in, and she is a sinner. She walks in, and she is a sinner. And the Bible says that she's an immoral woman. If you'd have known me 12 years ago, you said, there's a sinner. To this day, some days, I don't act like a Christian. I'm just being real. I wish I was better. Don't you all wish we were better some days? That's why the Bible says you were the light of the world. That you're not to hide that light. I don't want to jump around. I want to stay on this. Listen to me. So here comes this woman who is an immoral woman. 
She's a sinner. She's a big-time sinner. And she brings this expensive perfume. And she kneels down. Can I say this to you? When I'm worshiping God or if I'm in church and God is really moving, I don't mind crying. I ain't scared to cry in front of you. I don't care what you think of me. We was at that church last night and tears just began to flow out of my eyes as they began to preach and sing. I was just sitting there all by myself, a bunch, bunch of women, and I, I was crying. There were some men there, but they didn't look like they was crying, but I was crying. And uh, here's this woman. She's a sinner. She kneels down at Jesus' feet. She realizes she's amongst her Savior. The only person that can forgive her of her sins is in the building. He's in the building tonight. So she begins to cry. She begins to weep. I bet her tears flowed down like mine did when I first ran up to that altar and got saved. And she began to cry, and she began to weep, and she began to bawl. And Jesus is there, and she's just crying on his feet. And, and she probably feels bad that she's just lost. Anybody ever do one of them ugly cries? <laughs> she probably realizes all of her sins. It's not a funny cry. It's an ugly cry. It's not a bad cry. It's, it's a real cry. It's a cry out to God to save me. She's crying so much that I really want to spend some time with this on Sunday. But listen, his feet are just covered with her tears. So she thinks, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? i got to dry him off, but she don't have a towel. She has this long, beautiful hair because she was a sinful, lustful woman. Men lusted after her. She slept with married men. She slept with people that she wasn't supposed to. She'd been married several times. She might have been a prostitute. I don't know the details, but I'm just trying to get this to wrap in your mind. She was beautiful. She had long hair. And she said, I don't have a towel. So in my mind, I picture her just taking her hair and crying and wiping it off. And another tear falls and another, and she tries to get that up. And finally, she's like, pull yourself together. Pull yourself together. And she takes this beautiful, expensive perfume, and she begins to rub it on his feet, and then she begins to kiss his feet. I don't know about you, but I'll kiss the feet of Jesus any day. Any day. I tell people all the time, if I can just get to heaven, I'll sweep the floor. I'll clean the toilet. I'll do whatever I can. If I can just get to heaven, a perfect place, I'll do whatever Jesus asked me to do. Standing in his presence tonight is where we are. So Simon the Pharisee sees all this happening, knows the woman. How does he know the woman? Can I say this to you? How do you know when somebody's sinning? You've probably sinned before. You might have done it before. How did I know that guy was cussing, Connie? Because I used to cuss. How did I know that guy was using God's name in vain, not lifting him up? Because I used to use God's name in vain and not lift him up. How do we know what somebody else does? Because we done it too. Simon knows this woman and he says, hey. He says, hey. He says, uh, if Jesus was really a prophet, if he was really the son of God, if he was really who he says he was, why is he allowing this woman to touch her? Why is he allowing this sinner to touch him? He's no prophet. He's nobody. And get this. This is the cool part. This is, grabs my attention tonight, Miss Biggs. This is why you and I have to watch what we think. Woohoo! We got to watch what we think because the Lord knows what we're thinking. 
Simon didn't say anything to anybody, Joe Biggs. Simon thought it. Oh, if he was a prophet, he, he would know that she's a sinner. And if she's a sinner, he wouldn't let her touch him. So he ain't no prophet. All of a sudden, Jesus, knowing what Simon thought, began to answer his question. Watch what I read right here. Blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. The Pharisees, let's go verse 39. When the Pharisees, who was the host, saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, this proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his what? Say it again. Woo, don't you think Jesus knows what you're thinking about me? Ha! I'm so glad I don't know what you're thinking about me. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisees, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replies. Go ahead. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to another. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debt. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, now this is my point, look at this woman kneeling here. I'm going to stop right there. Listen to me. Look at this woman kneeling right here. Simon hadn't paid her no attention. He hadn't paid her no attention at all. Ain't that like us? We'll just walk right by somebody. You see they got a need. You see they got a need. You see they're going through a hard time. You see they're struggling. You see they need five minutes with you after church. But you'll just walk by that person. We do that, folks. And that's a sad world we live in. I know with my schedule just getting busier and busier and busier, it's hard to make all these needs, but I try my very best, but there's sometimes I can't. That's why it takes a church. That's why it takes a get connected class. That's why it takes a body of believers believing that together we can do a lot. And I still believe today that together we can do a lot. Look at this woman, Simon. How many times, man, yesterday, yesterday, there was this guy, I don't know where we were, I, I can't, I, I, we were at a, I, we, I, I put Gulf Freeway in my phone and it took us to, it took us to a Gulf Freeway, but not the Gulf Freeway I need to be on. We was arguing over this, my GPS said 12 miles away. Hers said 32 miles away. I was convinced mine's right because I got the God on my side. <laughs> but maybe not so because hers was right. <laughs> so we're arguing over this. We had to pull over. We finally got it programmed right. We're on the same page. We're headed there, but we're stuck in traffic. And there's this man washing windows. And he's going through the traffic, and he's holding up a dirty towel and a dirty squeegee. 
And all he wants to do is work for a living. He ain't asking somebody to put something in his hand. He's asking some, somebody to give him something. I thought about what you told me the other day, how you'll have compassion on women, but men need to get out there and work for a living. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And here you got this man probably ain't got nothing but a rag and a squeegee he stole probably from a gas station. I'm just going to claim it. I, I, he might have bought it. I don't know. I ain't judging him. And somebody might have gave it to him. But in his situation, he was probably desperate, picked it up and had it and said, you know what, if I can just wash windows here, somebody might give me 50 cents. Somebody might give me a break. By the time I could get to the guy, he was already way over there and the light had turned. But he was disappointed. Watch this. He was disappointed because nobody gave him a chance. I didn't see one window roll down. I didn't see one exchange. I didn't see nothing. He was disappointed. I could see it when he walked back to the curb. But when he got here, he smiled and waved at everybody. You know, there are people right now that are trying their best. Trying to smile, trying to get it together trying to stay right, trying to stay clean. We can categorize them. We can label these, this, and we can label those, that. We can put them up on a shelf over here, and we can say, well, once they get to this shelf, I'll eat it. No. Simon, look at this woman. Look at this woman, Simon. You know, we need to look at this world with, through God's eyes. We need to look at this world through God's eyes. Those who are hurting, those who need second chances, those who made plenty of mistakes. Thank God for prison preachers. I wasn't called to do that. But thank God for those who go in and preach. Thank God for those chaplains who go from door to door, room to room, telling people about hope, telling people about Jesus Christ. Thank God for you in this church believing in what we do. Because people are getting saved. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 2, share each other's burdens and this way obey the laws of Christ. God says that as a believer, we are to value everybody. How much are you worth? <laughs> How much are you worth? Put a value on yourself tonight. Somebody put a value on yourself tonight. You know, are you worth a hundred bucks? Are you worth ten dollars? Are you worth a thousand? Are you worth a million? I tell people, if you get me, I'm adding to your life. I'm worth some. I, I, I value your friendship. I value you coming to this church. You are valuable to the kingdom of God. There's a value. There's a price put on your life. That's why Satan knows that. He knows how valuable you are. That's why he puts every demon, every devil, every resistance upon you to stop you because he knows how valuable you are. JB, every person has value. You believe that, JB? You believe that with all your heart? Lita, you believe that? David, you believe that? David, I want to teach you that. Matt, you believe that? I want to teach you that. 
guys like me and guys like some of us, girls like some of us, we need to know that we're valuable. We need to know that somebody cares. We were so valuable to Jesus that he died for us. We were so priceless. Every person was priceless. Dave, you're priceless. To the God Almighty who wanted to have a relationship with you so bad that he sent his son to die for you. God said that as a believer, we're to value everybody. When you look around at people, even people who are insulting you or putting you down, you must see them as God sees them, as people we're dying for. God sent his son to die for them, and they do matter. One thing I've learned to do, folks, to show people that they matter is to listen to them. I don't know any pastor that don't like to talk. I'm becoming familiar with a lot of pastors, and I like to talk myself. But some of these cats, you can't get a word in edgewise. I'm like, around my castle here that God give me, I'm going to speak. I can talk. But boy, around these guys, well, they talk, they talk. I think God is teaching me just to listen. See, you got to affirm people by listening to them. You can learn a lot by listening. More sometimes than you can by talking. Anybody that's around me a lot, I, I, I sometimes I over-talk or I, or I jump in there. I tell Joe all the time, I put my foot in my mouth so many times. I, I, I should have thought more. I should have listened more. I shouldn't assume so much. You know what assumption means? <laughs> and we've all done it, every one of us. But I've learned if I'll listen to somebody, I'll find out what's really going on. I had a lady in my office this week, and she was really struggling, and she was really hurting, and I got to the root of the problem, and the root of the problem was she didn't feel loved, and she didn't feel like anybody loved her. I wanted to assure her that I loved her and that Mary loved her and the church loved her. I wanted to assure her that you loved her. She said, you know, Pastor Mark, I see people on Sunday mornings and they walk around, but it seems like sometimes they avoid me. God just convicted me so much for us to get out of our seats on Sunday and put our arms around people and really look them in the face and tell them, hey, we're glad you're here. You're hurting. We love you. We want to see you again. What can we do? Bless you for being here. Whatever we can say or do to make that person feel important. If that's not important to you, then maybe this ministry is not for you. Because you like to be the one to say, hey, we missed you. Where you been? What you doing? I think everybody likes a little bit of that I think if we affirm them by listening to them so I began to listen to her and I began to feel like she she had nobody that she could cry to nobody that would tell her that they loved her nobody and you say brother Martin did you really mean what you said you bet I did when I say I love you I mean it with all my heart every one of you hear me hear me now if I first met you I love you I put my heart around if I correcting you I love you you know that real quick. They say, oh, we got to go to the principal's office. No. Sometimes God corrects me and it's out of love. And those are the best, best times in my life. We affirm people by listening to them. If Holly needs a minute of my time, I'm going to listen because I love her. If your kids need a minute of your time, listen. Do you not love your children? 
God never puts us on hold. He never not pick up the phone for us. He stops what he's doing when you cry out to him. Miss Linda's mom stopped me back here and said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm having four teeth removed tomorrow. I didn't want to miss that moment. I said, well, let's pray right now. I didn't want to just come up here and add her to the prayer list. I wanted her to know, I hear you. I hear you. I pray for you. And I prayed for her, and I meant what I said, and I believe that God will heal her. I believe she's going to come through that surgery. And I believe the tooth fairy better show up in the form of Joe Biggs. <laughs> Tied off that money, Mama. Tied off that money if you get some. What if she was thinking, no joking aside, that pastor really don't care about me. He's not really going to pray for me. There are so many who have put me in the position that I am because I have failed them. You didn't hear me. There are so many who have put me in the position that I am because I have failed them. And when I fail, I try to do better next time. I remember when Miss Trish passed away. Me and Mary felt so guilty because we didn't get to go over to her house as much. We didn't get to check on her as much. My goodness, she was an elder. She was the ones that hired us. They, they were seeing, but we didn't get to go. We were just broken with remorse and, and felt bad because the schedule wouldn't allow us to go. We went. We went as much as we could, but we wanted to go more. Lyle finally looked at me and Mary one day and said, you two knock it off. He said, me and Trish, we knew that God was with us every day. And we knew that y'all loved us and that you were standing with us in the gap for prayer and that you would be there if we called and you were there every time. So stop beating yourself up. I learned that through that trial, through that valley, through me and Mary both learned, I guess, that we're not God. But people still need to know we care. You know, if it don't bother you when someone's hurting, you need a heart check. When someone's struggling, if it don't bother you, you've grown cynical. And I pray that God breaks your heart in a million pieces. One thing I've learned to do is speak life into people too by using positive words. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4.29. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. The kind that builds up and provides what is needed so that what you do will do good to those who hear you. God wants believers to build people up, not tear people down. Most of this world is filled with people users. I wrote that. How many believe that tonight? Most of this world's built with people users. They'll use you, abuse you, and go away and use somebody else. And then you're left damaged. But if you can learn to see them the way God sees them, you know that they were hurting when they came to you. You know they were jacked up. I just like to use English words. They were just messed up when they came to you. You did all you could. You gave them a blanket. You gave them clothes. You gave them shoes. But that time that you couldn't give them uh, 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 the money or you couldn't give them, they bashed you on Facebook. They said ugly things about you. You know what? They were hurting when they came to you. But if I go around dogging them, I'm no better than them. 
If I go around talking about them behind their back, then I'm no better than them at all. But if I can affirm my stand in Christ saying, you know what, I love them. I did the best I could by them. I do that today. I used to not do that so good. But I do that today very well. You see, I can't control what other people do. I can only control, Jimmy, what I do. You learned that going through training with me. You can't control what other people do, but you got to get up and take a walk. You got to remove yourself. You got to learn. You got to listen. You got to grow. Or you go around the block again and when you fail the test. I've learned to get up and just say, you know what, God, I've done the best I could. And if I didn't, then I make things right with God and try to do it better next time. You say, Brother Mark, I was sober for a year, but now I'm back using. You know what? Stop. Change. Turn the direction. Go back to that year. Go back to that place. Get yourself in a Holy Spirit-filled place. Trust God. Believe God for His healing. And don't go around those things that you used to do. You say, Brother Mark, can I make it? Yes, you can make it. I know you can. You did it for a year. <laughs> Had a guy here. Locked up for 17 years. He was a bank robber. <laughs> Robbed banks. Loved him. Sweetest man I knew. Horse trainer. Great guy. Bank robber, wasn't he? <laughs> bank robbing something. But I told him, I said, man, you wasn't scared when you robbed them banks? He said it got, it got easier after the first one. <laughs> His vice was alcohol. Not drugs, alcohol. Alcohol put him in prison for 80 years. Some college kids showed up, revisited his case, got it dot down to 40, got it dropped down to 40 years. He paroled out. He did 17 flat, paroled out to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. We began to use him around here. Great guy, loved him with all of our heart. It wasn't a matter of time before the devil said, hey, you can't go another day without drinking. You can't go another day without using. You can't go another day without it. And I used to tell him, Lynn, I said, brother, man, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're the best ranch hand we ever had. I thank God for you every day. You train horses. You keep, I mean, he kept this place beautiful. He was an amazing guy. Loved him to death. He was sweet. Mary never had to worry about carrying something. Lynn would take it right out of her hands and take it right up to the pulpit. He'd do whatever she needed him to do. I mean, he was always there for Holly. He was there for everybody in the church. He was a wonderful person. Just sitting there talking with him, he just brought such joy in your heart. And I used to affirm him with words. I used to affirm, Lynn, man, you're awesome. You're, I bought him a truck. We got him a horse. Man, he had a nice house. He had all of it going for him. But he heard another voice. I wish to God he would listen to the affirmation that came out of my voice. Because God was using me to speak life into him. Can I say this to you tonight? You will miss some, but you keep speaking life. You'll see people go the other way, but you keep speaking life. You can get so hard-hearted. Well, I tried to help Lynn, but I'm not going to help Dave. Dave's been a real blessing. There's been others since Dave and in between Dave that have done a lot of bad things, but I'm ready to help another one. Why? Because I believe that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if someone comes through me, I need to speak into them that they may know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You know, I, I got a message on my messenger. 
Brother Mark, can you please pray for Brother Lynn? He's really bad. He's really bad off. You think you could come see him, Brother Mark? You think you could, you could, you could go and talk to him, Brother Mark? You see, I think that the devil has got a stronghold on him. But I know that God can break it. And I'm praying to see where God wants me to leave. Because sometimes, watch this, sometimes we can see where we're supposed to be and where we're not supposed to be. And sometimes we think that we can do this and we can do that, but we do more damage than we do good. Sometimes people who are living in sin, Tammy, they, 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 they hate us for no reason. When all we wanted them to do was right. Anybody ever hate you and all you wanted them to do was pay their bills? <laughs> Y'all don't even hear me tonight. Y'all don't even, anybody just slam the door and fade? All you want to do is give you back what you owed them? I'm just praying, seeking God, but I've learned that words are of encouragement. I've learned to pray for them. 2 Corinthians 1, 11, I'm done. We spent a good hour here. Thank you, Jesus. Can I come back to this on a Sunday morning? And I just think that this is something we could really learn, something that we could really grow from. Second, my last thing I'm going to leave you with is pray for them. Make a prayer list for people you work with, you don't get along with, people in your life you struggle with. Uh, uh, make a prayer list. Put that person on your prayer list. Write their name in your Bible like I do and watch what happens in your office or on your job site. You cannot pray for people and not see them start to change. Tell them you're praying for them. Go to them say, I'm praying for you. I know some people who have gotten healthy in the last 30, 60, 90 days. Because I've been praying for them. I'm not talking about physically healthy. I'm talking about spiritually healthy. They're in a lot better place. And I, and I know it's because I'm praying for them. I know I, I, I'm really praying. I, I'm really praying. I'm really praying. I'm really praying. I've I, probably got a prayer life now like I've never had before. I, I mean that. i probably got a prayer life stronger now than I ever had before. I don't know if it was going to the schools, you know, just wanting to have a good close encounter with God. I don't know what it is, but right now I probably got a stronger prayer life. And I see that God is answering my prayers as I pray for those people. You know what I do, though? I tell them I'm praying for them. Hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I, I see you struggling. You're going through a hard time. But you're looking healthy. You're looking stronger. You keep it up. You keep going. I feel good, Pastor Mark. You look good. You look amazing. I held a guy the other night at the back of the church. The God-awfulest thing happened to him. I ain't telling you his business. God-awfulest thing happened to him. I don't know what I'd do if it happened to me. I held him as he cried. I counseled him on Monday morning. I looked him in his eyes. I began to speak life into him. And I'm going to tell you something. He came and he helped us out the other night at the bull riding. And, man, I seen a different guy. I said, I'll be praying for you every day. I haven't stopped praying for him. I believe God is working a miracle in his life. You know, some of you are on that list right now. Know that I'm praying for you. I'm speaking it over your life. My wife is praying for you. 
the ministers in this church are praying for you. And you see the fruit. John's one of those guys. He knows. John used to be a preacher. You know, a pastor, a singer of the gospel. Gotten so far away from God. But I just see God working there. And now he's working and allowing God, John, to help me do God's work up here. So God will hear our prayers, our cries. So you got a loved one you need to pray for? Write their name down. Pray for I don't got no time to be two-faced. I got no time to tell lies or stories. What I do have time for is to love a sinner and every one of them. I don't like their sin. Their sin makes me want to do some kung fu moves. I'm just speaking the truth. Their sin causes me to get in the flesh and try to cut off an ear. But I'm trying to love them, Lord. God loves me and loves you. Let's love them tonight. I'm going to dig back in that. Don't let me forget. It's going to be amazing. Father in heaven, we come before you. Help us to see people the way you see them, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you tonight. Lord, thank you for this group that endured the weather and came out. I know I told Miss Biggs it wasn't going to go long, but Lord, you just kept us here, and I believe you kept us here to pierce our heart, Father. Pierce every one of our hearts, Lord, to know that this word is of you. It was written and read in my Bible. If there were two people that had a debt, one with $50 or one with $500, which one do you think would be more grateful? Let me tell you what happened there. I think they were both grateful. It tells me tonight, no matter what you've done, God will forgive you of your sins. But you've got to ask him and you've got to believe. If you're here tonight and you say, Brother Mark, I've been sinning a lot. I've been sinning and backsliding. I need you to pray for me. Okay, I'll pray for you. I feel your spirit. Don't lift your hand. I know who you are. Lord, I pray for that person who lifted their heart, that their heart would turn to you and that they would turn away from sin. Father, help us not to categorize but to love arise in our heart for those who are lost or lost their way. Father, may we be a light. Father, help us to be strong and courageous. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.